Land. My name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. Ooh, I am back. Uno mas. I am your Cloudus Maximus. Cloudus Maximus is here in studio, and it's a jolly good time because we are here to celebrate Halloween. Halloween. How do how do you feel about Halloween? Are you a big Halloween fan? Cloudus? I am a big candy fan. You're a big candy fan. What's one of the earliest uh, costumes you can remember getting um, dressed up in? I was my first was probably um, I was a big pumpkin. My parents dressed me up as a big ah, pumpkin. pumpkin. Um, but I was the great pumpkin. Uh, a pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I think it would be a great. But pumpkin. my favorite would have to be that one time. I, well, not even that one time. Because I did it for two years in a row when I was small as well. It was uh, I was uh, the Gold Ranger. The Gold Ranger. I one of my earliest uh, costumed memories is I remember going to the um, costume shop. I think it was like Party City or something like that mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, and I wanted to be Spider Man so bad. Uh, the animated series was out there. It was killing it. Uh, big fan of that. So I went and I tried on the Spider Man outfit. Mm-hmm. Dug it. I'm like, oh, I could do this. Put on the mask and realized I couldn't breathe in it, and I was like, "I'm not doing this. <laughs> I am not gonna. I'm not gonna be Spider-Man this year." I, it's, it's funny when you realize your limitations as a kid, <laughs> and then I was just like, "That, that is not one of them. I need something I could breathe out of." Uh, but I've definitely gotten better since then. But Halloween is such a fun time of the year, uh, just for. Uh, I like it more for just the different like like you say like costumes costume parties the halloween parade here in new york and stuff um and if you're a horror junkie this is your holiday you know scary movies um dia de los muertos all that stuff out of control uh halloween has made a resurgence the movie itself has come back (laughs) uh to commemorate this halloween and Uh, everybody everybody that's seen it that i've known that's seen it so far has said it is pretty damn good that's true. Uh, any desire to see it? Are you a uh, horror junkie? Or? Yes, yes. Um, I also heard the guy that's Michael. He um he has reprised the original guy that was Michael has reprised his original role. Yeah, I know the so, director, Mister John Carpenter. And I ended up finding back. out um he only played Michael twice. Crazy, right? Well, there's like Bananas. there's like eight Halloween movies. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them that uh, it's and supposedly there's a bunch of them. Um, that don't even like it. They're not in the continuity. They've X Men their their uh, <laughs> Halloween uh, continuity there. But when thinking about horrifying uh, characters and stuff like that, I was really, you know, thinking hard of what we could cover for the Halloween edition of Major Issues, and I figured we would cover probably what is the most horrific protagonist <laughs> uh, to have his own comic. I mean, there's, there's a bunch, but when I think of like full on like metal and nineties and right. horror, I think of spawn, uh, the creation from image comics, which was so popular in the nineties that it even got its own uh, film in 1997, which we'll be reviewing right here as part of the major issues podcast. But before we do that, did you have a history with the character? When you when do you remember first seeing um, Spawn? Besi- I, the only thing that I've um that Spawn was famous for for me, I I've never really dove into the comics, and I heard the comics were pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, was the movie? 
Yes. I um I was a big fan of the movie. Being um super casual at the time and not reading comics at the time either. And not knowing he also had his own comic. Um, I was a real, real, real big fan of the movie. And I still am. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> because um I remember being a big fan of the movie. I rewatched the movie. I think it has a lot of problems, but I would love to right. uh bounce some of those off of you when we get into the the movie but i decided um that for the most part the movie was the only touchstone i had for the character i had really no background i had seen some of the animated series but it was very dark and also like adult so i didn't get it as a kid i Um, heard i heard the the series won like an emmy or something one of those one of those tv late night cartoon (laughs) awards that they that uh, pop up so randomly but yeah i remember I remember thinking the character looked cool, but I only knew it from uh, the movie. And I didn't mm. understand, like, Marvel and DC and right, Image. Right, I, right. I didn't get any of that. So I don't I don't get where I thought he was. Mm-hmm. I just thought maybe it was just some side uh, character somewhere. But I decided to do some real deep dives into the character, his origins, and some of those things that make him stand out. So I figured we would do our audience a service. We're giving them some spawner education. Uh, right at the top, spawn number one comes out in 1992 and sells about 1.7 million copies. 1.7 million copies. I don't even know. There, I don't even think there was 1.7 million comic readers at the time. So people were just buying 50 right, apiece right. <laughs> and saying, like, this is going to be the new, the new hotness. Um, and it is... Spawn's really the first big original hit from Image Comics. I often say, because of my pro wrestling knowledge, that Image Comics is sort of kind of the ECW uh, to uh, Marvel and DC's WCW and WWE. So Mm -hmm. you had your two big heads going at it, and the little engine that could, just like ECW, Image Comics is formed by various creators, one of them being Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn. Mm -hmm. Various creators from Marvel... Uh, leaving in a mass exodus, mostly because they want creative control of their own characters. The idea being, if you create a character under Marvel or under DC, they own that character. Yeah. If you want to see how funny that gets, listen to our Bill Finger episode where we talk about the co-creator of Batman and how he basically got no credit for doing so because of how weird those contracts are. So you have um, you have a bunch of people leave Marvel because they want to make their own creations and they want to get paid for their own creations. Um, one of them also being Rob Liefeld from Deadpool fame, creator of Deadpool. But those guys go over, they uh, create Image Comics, and Todd McFarlane creates Spawn. Um, and Spawn, just the same way that Image was like ECW, uh, Spawn is like the beginnings of the Attitude Era. Like, that, right. that character is so 90s and so... Edge and uh, what like what words would you use to describe Spawn? Like just uh, gothic and 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 brooding, and he's just so edgy. Like I could you spikes and skulls and you know in all his badassery in all his badassery. So um, yeah, this this was a big hit for Image, especially I mean one point seven. I. 1.7 copies. Comics. That's, that's, that's a, a lot. Yeah. And this is one issue of a, of a comic. This thing is 21 pages, uh, a tenth of a pound or something like that, <laughs> uh, flying off shelves. Once that happens, this guy has, besides getting his own feature film, Mr. Spawn, 
has been in Taco Bell commercials. He's been in video games. I own the video game, which one in I think it was on PS uh, PlayStation. I owned the toy. You had a toy? I, I think about it. Yeah, I had a toy. He was uh, he was a, a lockable character in Soul Calibur, mm-hmm. which is also kind of cool there. But, um, yeah, he was all over when you consider the fact that it, this was from a lesser-known uh, comic publisher at the time, Image. Uh, they put a lot behind Spawn to get him out there and into the minds of people like us who weren't even reading books, but we were aware that this character existed. So I thought that was really, really cool um, that there was such an early push for this character. I mean, but then again, like I said again, 1.7 million <laughs> copies. If you can, if you put that in ticket sales, right? That seems like an easy, an easy way to make or, a, a, a or buttload or of cash on rap albums. Yes, exactly. If this was any <laughs> other medium, you'd be like. Come on, this is these are you. I mean, I mean, it did move numbers. There's no doubt about it. But uh, the story of Spawn follows Al Simmons, an African American expert uh, marksman and tactician, uh, the best assassin basically on Earth, who saved the president from an assassination attempt himself. Check mm. that out. Uh, eventually, he gets recruited to a covert like black ops team, and um, he does the mistake of questioning his uh, superiors, like, "Hey, what's going on here?" I get that I'm like a real cool, good killer, killer of men, but you guys are up to some shady stuff. And he starts to like try to do his own research behind the covert ops team that has hired him. And his commanding officer, Jason Wynn, starts to notice that he's getting a little bit suspicious. Mm. So he hires Al's best friend slash partner, Bruce Stinson, a.k.a. Chapel, to murder him. And he does so in a fiery inferno. Uh... The whole like shady government agency double crossing thing is also right. very nineties. Yes, it reminds me of like, was Mission like Impossible. Other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gone rogue. We gotta get him. Like the 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 company has turned Take on you. Take care of him. There's a lot of distrust in general in the nineties, right? People are just bucking against the system. That's where you get this whole attitude era coming from. And uh, yeah, it's, it's questioning him. Questioning his boss basically gets him killed. And so he dies, but because of all the lies that he's taken, because again, he was the best assassin on earth, mm-hmm. uh, he goes, his soul goes to hell. But he makes a deal with not the devil, I think it's, it's important to say, he makes a deal with a demon named Malboja. Malboja. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like the governor of hell. He's not necessarily the president, but he, you know, he has he has clout, but he's not he's not running things. He's, he's got not hell running, juice. Yeah, he's not running day to day stuff. But uh, is like, yeah, serve as the leader of my army of hell, and uh, then you can return to Earth and be with your, you know, be with people that you care about, like your wife. So he's like, I'm with that. But Malboja being a demon, every time you make a deal with a devil or deal with a demon, catch. there's always a catch. So Malboja's like, yeah, you can go back to Earth in five years. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so he leaves his body in hell, basically deteriorating and stuff, uh, there for five years before honoring the agreement, but... When Al wakes up, he has amnesia. So it's like, not only does he not know he's dead, he didn't know he made a deal with the devil, none of that kind of stuff. Um, But it takes him a while. He gets his bearings. He finds his wife, his loving, gorgeous, beautiful wife, Wanda, Mm -hmm. who is not with him anymore. He's not living in the house that they bought anymore. She's moved. And not only has she moved, but she's moved on to his boy, Terry. And uh, Al and Terry have... Al and Terry, wow. Terry and Wanda have a child together named Cyan. Uh, but the big deal about that was Al was unable to produce children with Wanda. So it's even the the bigger knife in the gut that he was able to give 
uh, his wife something that he couldn't. You find out that Spawn has a demonic clown guide straight from hell called the Violator. The Violator. Uh, he's a vile and disheveled clown man, and he reveals that he's there to make sure Spawn keeps his deal with Malboja. Kind of works for Malboja mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, Spawn gets tight because he's like, what do you mean I have a, basically a what probation officer <laughs> walking around <laughs> with me, checking up on me? I'm not with that. So they get into a big fight, and Violator takes on his bigger uh, demonic form, which looks crazy. He's like one mm-hmm. of those... Um, Demonic spawn. Also, kind of looks like a. Kind of it looks. It definitely looks like a rock album cover creature thing. Mm-hmm. But it also reminds me a bit of um, two things. One, the roach thing in Ben and Black. The big roach. <laughs> uh, sugar, water. <laughs> sugar, water. More sugar. Uh, that. And it reminds me of one of those weird creatures in that Mortal Kombat sequel. Where remember there was like one of those weird CGI <laughs> we just transformed into some weird creature CGI creature. But um, Shang Tsung Liu Kang. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he Violator takes on his bigger demon form, and Violator is way more inept with fighting and using his demon powers because he's been working in hell for yes. quite some time. The so, secretary of hell, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and so he uh, rips out Spawn's heart in the comics and Spawn just regenerates a new one. <laughs> uh, but uh, they continue to go at it before Malboja is like, whoa, kids, 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 and pushes everybody aside and is like, listen, uh, y'all shouldn't be doing this. And by the way, Violator, you're stuck as a clown because you are you're just basically acting up too crazy so i'm gonna trap you in a clown form and al come on bro we had made a deal you said you were going to lock people up for me and uh well not lock people up kill people for me send them to hell uh serve in hell's army as its leader and general and you're on earth so i kind of made good with you so you have to make good with me so um spawn kind of does spend the rest of his life working for hell, but he finds his own kind of way to do it. The same way Malboja kind of tricked him mm-hmm. uh, with the deal, Spawn is kind of tricking Malboja and the demons of hell by doing good with his bad powers, if that makes any sense at all. Loopholes, ladies and loopholes. gentlemen. He's working loopholes. for loopholes. So he serves hell, but he uses his ability to kill like murderers and like the KKK mm-hmm. and like People child who molesters. Who's gonna go to hell anyway? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> child molesters, child killers like Billy Kincaid, the ice cream man. Uh, that character, that villain, appeared in Spawn and killed over thirty children. And after Spawn was done with him, Billy was found nude with jagged popsicle sticks buried into his flesh, hung by chains in his own house. Uh, so. Wow, that's what happens when you deal with when you deal wow. with uh, Spawn. A uh, little while later, uh, Spawn becomes king of Rat City, basically a slum full with homeless people. That he is basically their champion, and he meets a guy named Cogliostro, mm-hmm. uh, who was created by Neil Gaiman. We'll get to that in a bit because there's some interesting tidbits there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Coglio- Cog- <laughs> Cogliostro is basically this shadowy and mysterious figure that befriends Spawn and explains that he used to be a Hellspawn too. Um, but he saved his last little bit of necroplasm, the energy, I guess the energy from Hell mm-hmm. that keeps them on Earth. Uh, he used some, He kept a little bit, saved a little bit so he could stay on Earth. Um, eventually, down the line in the comics... Spawn is able to defeat the demon Malboja, but 
because Malboja's seat is now empty. It is acts of him to become the general or leader of hell, you know, take Malboja's spot as governor of that specific sect of hell. And he's all like, nah. nah <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> right. But Cog- Cogliostro, um, who's at that point became his trainer, his confidant, convinces him to take the throne and kind of improve hell. And that's one of the big major arcs in the story. It's also revealed that Cog- Cogliostro is Cain from Cain and Abel Ooh. from the Bible. And I was kind of like, what? Because mm. we don't get none of that, none of those vibes in the, in, the, in, the, in the film. Indeed. I don't feel like we got any of those vibes in the film. But um, Yeah, as we're going through it, I'm just like, nope, not in the movie. Nope, <laughs> not in the movie. Nope, not in the movie. Yeah, uh, but that's basically the origin story of the character. Here's a little bit of uh, the facts and figures with it. The guy is black, white, red, and green, um, which I think serves a purpose Especially when you consider that a lot of the earlier characters that we know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, they kind of lean more on the blue, yellow, red mm-hmm. kind of side. Mm-hmm. Bright, vibrant, flash, you know, glowing and stuff. This guy's black, white, red, the color of blood. And then green, which is often used to show like the necroplasm, like right. the actual, what is that, evil <laughs> essence of evil? The green evil powers, I guess. Yeah, just the evil evil incarnate that, that comes from him. Um. Definitely got like some kind of Spider-Man Venom eyes right, going on. Right. Uh, Tom McFarlane, very famous yeah, for his run on Spider-Man. Because of McFarlane, yeah, makes sense. Very famous on his. Uh, McFarlane's very are uh, very famous. Um, I think writer and artist for for the Spider-Man series. So that's another number one that was out that he created that sold millions. So this guy was on a roll in the nineties. And he knew what he was doing. So that's now. How do you feel about the fact that you have the Spider-Man like eyes? Like eyes, light eyes, like eyes, um, but you also have actual eye holes, hmm. right? Because he has green eyes, mm-hmm. but you just have the decals of the white there. Do you like that addition? Do you think it should have just been because the guys, what besides those eye holes, 99.3% covered in, in costume, yeah, yeah, and out of the costume, it's kind of burnt. Yes, crispy. But how do you like the the eyes? Would you did you prefer them? Um, I out I didn't in? I didn't um have a thing for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, being that um you know who's the boss man behind it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it gives a good it, it gives a good visual when it's dark, because if his eyes were covered, then you wouldn't see, you would just see gl- a glowing green man. Yeah. <laughs> but th- those eyes um they kind of remind me of how you see often dark side's eyes are animated. Right, where they're just glowing through the skull, kind of like you can you can just see the light, um, the vibrance of them. But we talked a little bit about it before. His source of power is necroplasm. It's it's this ether of of, of energy that comes from hell, and uh, it allows him to have superhuman strength, durability, shoot, blast, teleport. Not really fly, but glide. glide we see a yeah, little bit yeah. of that in the film. And um, he can make his cape bigger and smaller. Yeah, he can. Uh, he has super speed, mutation, and shape-shifting effects also. Um, but yeah, like you said, that high-collared cape, kind of like a Dracula vampire-esque high-collar to it, um, is symbiotic. Again, the nods to Venom and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of like, like, I'll do it, but it'll be a cape. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> so it's um, symbiotic. It's, it's connected to his central nervous system. Uh, which means it can work independently of its user. The first thing I thought about when I thought that was how we saw the symbiote work in Venom, mm-hmm. where a lot of the times it wasn't him trying to protect himself, but the symbiote trying to protect him. 
And so in a lot of ways, this cape does the same thing. If Al Simmons is not in a position where he can help himself, the cape will act on its own. Very similar also to Dr. Strange. I was just thinking that. The yeah, the cloak, cloak of Levitation. Um, that's a cool name, Cloak of Levitation. I wish this one had a cool name too. Uh, this one is called Letha of the Seventh House of K. Or uh, Letha in general. Mm. And it's a demon parasite cape. Uh, it uses nice. human souls. Oh. It, it doesn't necessarily need ne- necroplasm. It can use some human souls to uh, power itself up. But besides the long flowing red blood cape, the green eyes going through, and the head to toe black and white uh, suit that Mr. Spawn slash Al Simmons rocks. He also has skulls everywhere, spikes and chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like spikes on his gauntlets, chains everywhere. On demand. Um, chains on demand. Uh, very metal-looking costume. Like I said, again, this guy basically looks like he would hop out of the cover of any 90s rock um, album. But with his, like, ethereal powers like his hellish powers he can detect pain anger and misery a spawny sense i guess if you want to say anything and it lets him it like lets him tell when something's going wrong and when he can feed on those who deserve to be fed on or you know take care of those that deserve to get got but when i think of that kind of character a couple of other characters come to mind, and they could be inspirations, or it could just be some similarities. But I find him very similar to like Ghost Rider, mm. how Ghost Rider makes a deal with the devil, has a bunch of chains, really sort of kind of like edgy as well, right? Um, and uh, is doing bad for good. And you can't talk about doing bad for good without talking about Punisher, uh, and the Punisher aspect that reminds me of um, that, you know. I think there's similarities with Spawn is the idea that that necroplasm has a, there's a finite amount of it. Right. If he uses too much of it, he goes, goes back, back to hell. hell. Yeah. In the video games, they actually had like a necroplasm bar and you had to keep it, you mm. know, at a certain level or else you lost the game basically. And so because he can't use all his cool hell powers all the time. Can't, get, can't just go back to hell and go get more. Yeah. Right. Go back to the shop. Charge. Uh, recharge. <laughs> um, he he doesn't mind going back to his regular way of killing people, which is shooting them, shooting them up. We right. see some of that in the film, but he uses his ex- expert marksman abilities, even in the spawn attire. He can just have a bunch of guns and, and air the place out. So I really think a Punisher when I think of that. The idea that he is the like conscious of wherever he's at, right? Just mm-hmm. like ever flowing, ever there, always watching the vengeful act. I mean, the vengeful hand of of Satan, probably. <laughs> um, reminds me of Spectre. Mm. Spectre is also another character, right? He is supposed to be the living embodiment of God's wrath. That's legitimately what the character is called, and so. Uh, you got to think that they pulled a little bit from there. But you, when you said vengeance, another character that comes to mind with vengeance is Batman. You know, whenever you see Spawn on a cross, look, overlooking the city with his cape flying in the wind, you think of, well, Batman, you know, shadows. which, you know, th- there's a, there's reason for that. Greg Capullo, a very, very prominent artist in today's work. I mean, in today's medium, the comic book medium uh did extensive work on Spawn alongside Todd McFarlane 
And so really, really knew how to draw, draw sparring in the way that Todd liked it in those long flowing uh, images with the capes. Image, no pun intended. <laughs> and guess where else Greg Capullo worked? He worked at DC. Mm-hmm. And guess who he drew for? Batman. And so those Court of Owls issues that you read, yes. that were read right here as part of Media yes. Issues Podcast, were drawn by my man Greg Capullo, who uh, brought a little bit of his Spawn flavor to mm-hmm. Batman and his cape. So like that. I, I dig it. I dig the cape work. I like the way the character looks. Genuinely, overall. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, his popularity has dipped significantly since uh, coming out. I don't know if they just ran out of stories to tell with him or what, but... I hear a reboot is in... Yeah, Todd is in the McFarlane mix. is going to be overlooking a, a reboot, which is good. And we'll get to that why that's good. Hopefully, it gets the taste out of the mouths of those who've seen the 1997 <laughs> film. But yeah, real quick, uh, the weaknesses of Spawn, he has a finite amount of necroplasm, and when it runs out, he goes back to hell. Um, there is a place called the Dead Zone, which is a heavenly plane where he's basically powerless. And speaking of heaven, any war, any weapons forged in heaven can affect him, hmm. which brings up the character of Angela. Um, do you remember me saying that Cogliostro was created by uh, Neil Gaiman? Mm-hmm. Right. So Cogliostro, created by Neil Gaiman. Angela, created by Neil Gaiman. Angela was a character who hunted Hellspawns. She was like a heavenly warrior. Heavenly hitman. Basically. uh, She's on the side of good. Um, She was a hunter, but more like a sportsman hunter. Okay. If that makes any sense. And she... Tries to hunt Spawn, eventually doesn't, and then they team up to try to take down Malboja, and Malboja destroys her. Ooh, casualties of war. Now you want to get, you want to get, you want, you want me to spill some tea? Oh, I like. Let's tea. spill some tea. Oh, I like tea. About Angela, real quick. All right, let's spill some tea about Angela. Angela, like I said, created by co-created whatever Neil Gaiman and Cogliostro. Cog- mm-hmm. Um. Our man Chapel. Remember, I told you that the best friend of Chapel, the best friend of Al Simmons, named Chapel, uh, was the one who killed him. He was brought in by Jason Wynn to kill him. Right, right, right. Chapel right. was created by Rob Liefeld, who created Deadpool, co-creator of Deadpool, who then worked for Image Comics as well. So here we go. Neil Gaiman wanted so creation, so ownership over Cogliostro and Angela, which. Caused him to get in quite a legal battle with my man McFarlane, MacFarlane, Return of the Mac. And they uh, fight over the rights over the character. And they basically come to an agreement that Gaiman can have Angela. But Cogliostro is too big of a, a character for Spawn for him to leave or for him to, you know, be taken out completely. Mm-hmm. And so. McFarlane gets to continue to use Cogliostro and uh, Angela will belong to Neil Gaiman. I say that now because if you were to, let's say, Google the character of Angela, the comic book character of Angela. Uh, matter of fact, I, I'll do that right here on air, right? Uh-oh. Let's do that right Uh-oh. here in studio. <laughs> but can't, I, I think Angela looks awesome, by the way. You tell me how you think this character looks. Pretty, 
pretty uh that's also pretty nineties though, right? Right, right. Also pretty nineties, yeah. So Angela now, seemingly a free agent, is then written to be if I'm not mistaken, I just wanna double check real quick. Yeah. She is written to be the sister of Odinson wow. and Loki. <laughs> Neil Gaiman takes Angela, runs with her to Marvel Comics, where now she is a staple of Marvel Comics, a former member of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh brother, I mean sister to both Thor. And Loki. How do you feel about that? The, the slickness. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, right? that's kind of slick right there. Though. That is a lot. Now, remember, I had randomly brought up the fact that Rob Liefeld owned Chapel, mm-hmm. the, uh, the original person who kills Al Simmons. The reason why I brought that up is because Rob Liefeld eventually, after getting into seemingly some shady stuff where he was like, making comics on the side of making comics on the side, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he is ousted as the CEO of Image because they could vote. Right, They right, all created right, this, right, right. this thing, this company, so we could vote and we can push people out. And one of the people that they pushed out was Rob Liefeld, but if I'm not mistaken, I think he quit before he can get pushed out. You can call that what you want to call it. Right, right, right. Um, so he is gone. It's cold in the shade. He, yeah, he is gone when they create the Spawn movie. Which means that if they wanted to use Chapel for the Spawn movie as the person to kill uh, Al Simmons, they would have to pay directly Rob Liefeld, who owned the character. So instead, it was retconned, and the person who ends up killing Al Simmons is a woman named Jessica Priest, and that also happens in the movie. So I thought I'd spill some creator tea wow. <laughs> on like on the that. on here. Quite interesting, right? Yeah. Sort of, kind of interesting. I figure we get into something interesting before getting into the dumpster fire that is the 1997 uh, Spawn. Just want to preface by saying that um, it's one of the first films to feature an African-American playing a major comic book hero. Mm -hmm. Asterisk, 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 asterisk. I say all those asterisks because it's not the first film to feature an African-American like comic book hero. Right. Because you have things like Meteor Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to say, you know, uh, you know, starring role in an actual comic book character, because I don't know if Meteor Man had comics, you would say Steel. Steel. I was but, just thinking which, that, ha- like, which came Shaq, out the same year. It came like out it. the same year. Oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah, but said so did Batman. Right. <laughs> Forever. Um, yeah. Oh, don't even remind me of that. Uh, that was a bad year. This was this in general <laughs> was a bad year for comic book movies. But anyway, uh, the uh, triple asterisk is that Steel, right, mm-hmm. did not have his own comic. So Spawn, Michael J. White, who plays Spawn in this film, is the first African-American to play a major comic book hero who is the title of a major comic book of his own. (laughs) Not a side character, not a character made up for a movie. The title character from a comic book, first African-American actor slash character to be up on the silver screen. I... I want to before we get into the that idea. I want to get. I want to talk a little bit about the idea of this African American character because people were giving Todd some slack, not because the character was black, but the fact that the character is black for a basically an issue before he is completely covered from head to toe. Mm-hmm. So does it really matter if the character is black? 
Uh, I'm going to pass this very, very loaded question off to wow. you. I mean, he doesn't, I'm from what I know, okay, so then that means that happens and then he doesn't at least like suit down at all? No, not really. That, that's a movie thing and that's more because of the, uh, I mean, you're an actor, right? You want to be seen right, right, right. <laughs> playing the character. And I mean, stuff. I'm well, in the comics anyway. Probably on and off, but by that point, it's like unmasking Deadpool. Deadpool could have been Asian, right? He would yeah, look the same true. after and, the fact and anyway. He was, and he was burnt to a crisp, too, so it's like... Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to give him a man's credit? Well, not. I mean, I'm, I will, I'm, I'm I, half I like, and half with yeah, it. Yeah, I, like I like the movie anyway. It took so. balls in 1992 to make your solo character black. I mean, you had, um, you know, uh, John Stewart, and you have your static shocks and stuff that come. But I think it's, I think it's... I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. Um, and in the title role of this, you have Michael Jai White, Jay White, Jay White, Jay White. I'm saying Jai. I think it's the eye that gets me all confused. Who plays Albert Simmons, aka Spawn, fresh off of his role as Mike Tyson in the HBO Did not TV know that. movie, not the know HBO that. TV movie Tyson. Didn't know that either. But what I did know is that my man Michael Jai White loves comic book. Properties or just like That's nice. properties, properties, right? He's my man, Gamble in Dark Knight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. aka enough, enough with the clown. With the clown. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe that's a callback to this movie, right? I, 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 mean, I want to say, I want to say, I'll, say, I'll take like, that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah Michael Jai White was like, I'm tired of clowns talking crazy. I will crazy. forever hate clowns forever. Um, he played Dark Side on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Mm. He uh, had a small speaking role in Static Shock. He was Jax in both Mortal Kombat Rebirth and Mortal Kombat Legacy. And if you turn on your TV right now, he is Bronze Tiger on Arrow. Yes. So I knew he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He plays Bronze Tiger on Arrow. So he, you know, he kept himself afloat with these properties. Got to give my man respect for that. I love when you can just open up an IMDb and it's just like, Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. Wow, he's killing it. Cool, cool. He also knows like six different forms of martial arts. Yeah, he's a he's a certified. He's, he's known as he's a certified got, he's badass. Got hands. Um, he's got hands. He's been in music videos, like doing martial arts. He was in the that music video with Nicki Minaj, Your Love. Oh yeah, where he is her sensei. So my man has been around, and six forms of martial arts is no joke. So it's I uh he's not really known much for his acting. Or in being a being a leading man, mm-hmm. but they gave him an opportunity in here. The hot, the person with the biggest marquee in this is probably John Leguizamo. Yeah, I mean, you have Martin Sheen. We'll get to him in a second. I probably wouldn't think about this movie when I whenever I do think about this movie, I do think of Spawn, but it's just as much I think of John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo right? Violator, yeah. yeah. John Leguizamo plays the violator in this, and he has his name was the first one that comes up in the credits because I want to say he's the highest paid. Um, he's coming right off of the pest, literally that year, uh, Super Mario Brothers, which I mean, right. I mean, yeah. we one day we got to tackle that movie. <laughs> that that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, yeah, Super Mario Brothers, Carlito's Way, that's critically acclaimed. Yeah, so um, that's there, and the only person really worth. Uh, stating is in this film is Martin Sheen as Jason Wynn. Uh, Al Simmons is nefarious uh, commanding officer, basically. Martin Sheen agreed to do this film because basically he just wanted to do a comic book movie. That was like it. I guess his standards weren't that high. But then again, <laughs> then again, right? 
this is the 90s and Spawn was on fire. So it's the idea that, let's say, um, there's, I mean, there's a list of, of crazy comic book properties, but once something jumps off, like imagine if they were going to do a Deadpool movie in the 90s from his height and X-Force and stuff like that. Like you want to jump on those projects as early as possible. So, you know, uh, I'm kind of sort of glad that he was able to jump into Spawn. But for those at home, because you know I love to drop little nuggets, what can you remember what the other comic book movie Martin Sheen was in? Hmm. I cannot. My it's man just, I see him. I just I see him now in his black hair. Take, yeah, let's take off his 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 black <laughs> hair and his goatee. Do you recognize that face anywhere? Maybe. Maybe. What if I told you? That my man Mike, Mike, I keep on wanting to call him Michael Sheen. My man Martin Sheen played a very tragic role in Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, he was Peter's father. One. He was no, he was actually Uncle Ben. He's Uncle He's Ben. The one, yes. He was Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben Parker. He's the one that does the whole. If if you have a responsibility, then you have a right. That was him. Yada yada yada. That was Martin How? Sheen. How? Martin Sheen. Oh. So you have. Jason Wynn uh, and Ben Parker. <laughs> I get uh, those are, those are. Uncle Ben, bro, you forgot one of the Uncle Bens. You like the other Uncle Ben more, right? From Toby McGuire's Uncle I Ben. I do. I kind of not even. I just kind of like. I thought I was man. Listen, and now is me not the time to to say this, but we still we still are missing our Uncle Ben from Homecoming. Still don't have a casting on that guy yet. On uh, we gonna be all right. We don't see that uh, no more. Uh, we Todd, are, Todd, Tom Holland. I was going to call him Todd Harlan. This Todd oh, thing is driving me yes. crazy. Tom Harlan. Okay, we got some of the bigger uh, names out of the way. I'll do my man Cogliostro. Nicole Williamson, who uh, was played in Mice and Men, of Mice and Men, um, in the 60s, plays Cogliostro. And the reason why I'm naming him is because this was his last movie before his death. Hmm. He died considerably some time after, like, 13 years after, but this was his last uh, feature film. Uh, so, yeah, that, let's just get into this film. Wh- why do you like this movie? <laughs> before, we get into the, before we get into a full recap, uh, why, do you, why do you like um, this movie? To I, be honest, it was probably like one of my first superhero movies that I got exposed to. That makes sense. Um, and I just thought his suit was freaking cool, man. Like, he was just, he had a, he was badass, dude. Um, not only did he have powers, but he had all the guns. <laughs> all the guns and all the bullets. It it's kind of weird sometimes to see him with all the witchcraft stuff and guns. Yeah, <laughs> like, so he's got, like he's got all his bases covered. He's got the magic and he's got the physical stuff, the guns. Yeah. <laughs> when I I hadn't seen this film in quite some time, and I thought that I liked it the first time going around. I probably did like it the first time going around. Um, I don't know if you see my Halloween costume mm-hmm. right now, but I'm currently dressed as a snooty comic book movie reviewer. <laughs> so that's the that's the role I'll be playing for the rest of this podcast because after watching it as a grown man, I like to call myself a grown man. I think mm-hmm. I'm a big boy. After watching it as a grown man, this film does not age too well. I mean, it's funny because um, I since since um watching this since I was way younger um i've also seen it on tv at least once a year and every time i do see it i always like it always catches me and i'm 
just sit there and watch it. And before I know it, I'm watching the whole thing. Yeah. So um, I do know I do know the parts that are bad. <laughs> I mean, you, you and you also there's parts that you remember. Yeah, you um, know? but visually for Spawn and stuff like that for the main character, it's pretty damn cool. I remember his death. I remember his training, his short training montage. Right, we'll right, talk right. that in a bit. Um, I remember the coming through the ceiling stuff. There's certain parts of that movie I definitely remember. There's certain parts of that movie I definitely don't. And there's certain parts of that movie I couldn't have remembered because as a kid, none of that meant anything to me. Right. So okay. as an adult, like I kind of understand the deal with the devil more and all those kind of stuff there. Whereas as a kid, I that could have all been in Japanese for all I care. Um, but this film reminds me very much, I know this is going to sound odd, it reminds me of two things. It reminds me of like MySpace, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and Twisted Metal, the video game series Twisted Metal. So it reminds me of MySpace because it reminds me of all the graphics and stuff we used to put in our, on our pages. Mm-hmm. And going back now, like if you were to go look at your page as an adult, was it cool? Would it was it cool for then? Was it cool I, ever? I think it was cool for you. Understand? Was yeah, it cool yeah, yeah. ever? So I you start questioning cool it. You but then when questioning. you go back to see yeah, it, it's like yeah. what the. You start you know? questioning it, and you start going, "Well, it's there. I must have thought that was cool, <laughs> you know." So you start questioning, "Was it ever cool?" Uh, like first thing you thought is, "Ah, it's it must have been cool for the for the time period," mm-hmm. and then you start thinking harder, and you're like, "But was it ever really cool? Or is that just what we were doing at the time?" And then twisted metal because every time. It got to a part of special effects. It looked like a cutscene from Twisted Metal, where it looked like a PlayStation cutscene. I, mean, I mean, every time they went to hell, hell looked hell looked pretty crappy. It did look pretty crappy. <laughs> um, but supposedly the story on that was that the film was basically done, and they went to do a screeners for it, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. So they upped the budget for it, and randomly at the last minute, the eleventh hour, decided to add like. Up the special effect shots from seventy to four hundred, and that also meant that they had to get it from different animators so that they could spread the the work to get the work back soon enough to have the effect shots for this movie. Supposedly, some of these uh, hell shots right. were given to them like two weeks before the film. Shh. Whatever, and you can see That's some of lot. it. You can see some of it in the film, but yeah. Uh, being as as old as we are now, looking well, looking at hell, and anyway, it's just like. Well, here, well, here's the thing. When was the last time you seen Jurassic Park? Been a minute. Been a while, but I still remember. You remember things? Yeah, I do. Jurassic Park comes out four years before this movie. <sighs> so when you look at special oh. effects, right? <laughs> when you try to like. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. no. Terminator Two comes out considerable amount. Terminator Two comes out roughly in the eighty. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want to be like, oh, but for the '90s. But then it's like, well, we made dinosaurs come out. <laughs> uh, how much? How much better could it be? I don't know. Yeah, 1991 is when Terminator 2 comes out. So you had people, robots turning into people, and people turning into robots back then. You still couldn't manage to get a get those special effects in here. But anyway. To recap the movie a little bit, and you, this is going to be sound like a lot of the echoes from the comics because it basically is a lot of what the beginnings of Spawn was as a character. Right, for the most part, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you have Michael J. White playing Al Simmons, a Force Recon Marine Colonel and Black Ops operative. 
the movie starts off with him <laughs> blowing up. <laughs> he has like this rocket that can split into smaller rockets. Right. And they uh they're all homing on targets. And so they blow he blows up some some people that we find out are innocent people. I remember I remember that being terrible too because it just looks like something out of um um Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, like the first Metal <laughs> yeah, Gear Solid. The first Metal Gear Solid. Um because what happens is uh he goes to a control tower and from the control tower, not from anywhere else, from the control tower, he blow the rocket shoots through blows up that like the windows of the control tower and then when when the rocket splits into the smaller rockets, we see it all from the viewpoint of like night vision yeah, goggles. Night vision. <laughs> and so it's just computer rendering. They blew up a fake plane. It doesn't blow up how a plane should. But we're we're led to believe that this guy is a you know a black ops badass and that he could take out a whole plane full of people, right? Mm-hmm. So um he uh he reads in the newspaper like innocent people die or whatever, yada yada, and his boy is with him in the car. And he gives him a newspaper. There's a newspaper about it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, innocent people killed from a mishap or yada, yada. And so I was all, like, like guilty over it. He's mm-hmm. all like, oh, man, what's going on? And um, Terry, his best his best boy, is like, nah, don't worry about it, bro. That's just when when sometimes be getting his intel wrong and don't worry about it. So Al, just like in the comics, starts asking all kinds of questions tells his commanding officer, the head of the covert government agency, that he wants to get out. And that does not go well. Uh, In, like, many cases where you try to get out of a secret organization in which you kill people, uh, Jason Wynn is all like, nah, you can't get out. You sure? And he's like, yeah, I got to get out of here. So he's like, all right, just one last mission. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You're right. Matter of fact, you're good. You can get out. No one will bother you. No one will mess with you. You're fine. Uh, we'll let you out. Clean slate. But before you go, we would like you to go to North Korea to infiltrate a biochemical weapons plant. So, yeah, one more. One more. One more. One more for the road. And you're going to go by yourself. Like, none of this is shady at all. It's like, we'll just put you on one mission by yourself where you're surrounded by dangerous chemicals. Um, and you got nothing to worry about. Once you're done with that. You're out. You're out of here. Also, did you notice in his like little lair, he has like paintings of explosions in the background, like pictures of a mushroom cloud, mushroom clouds. Yeah. <laughs> he has pet scorpions that are just in like a on his uh, ashtray. ashtray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in his ashtray. He's doing like literally every the mustache most. twirling. It's like if thing. you don't know if he's a bad guy, then they really spell it out. Really spell it out. But good old Al who. I'm going to jump to the conclusion that just the character of Al Simmons is not supposed to be smart because there's various things in here where he probably could have done something smarter and he didn't. For instance, he comes to this place by himself, taking out people left and right in a, in a, in a weapons plant. Um, but it's like surprise because then uh, Jessica Priest, the character I mentioned mm-hmm. from before, is there with Jason when Jessica Priest is dressed like a bad version of Trinity uh, from the Matrix throughout this film, just what like leather and diamonds and studs, all kinds of weird uh, uh, wardrobe choices. But when orders his top assassin Jessica Priest to murder him while he's on mission, uh, they they spray, like, spray him with, with some gook, some gook, gook yeah, some, some gook. green gook, 
I'm assuming what they sprayed him with was flammable. Yes. Gasoline? Do you not have gasoline around? Mm-hmm. Like, just pour gasoline on the guy. Or regular acid. I think regular acid would have done fine. It was, pr- it was premium. But the yes. idea is that if they kill, they're going to set him on fire, set this weapons plant on fire, uh, and then they could just write it off as, well, we destroyed the plant, but poor Simmons, you know, died in the line of duty. And that's basically what happens. Uh, he's He is set on fire, and uh, the flames cause the plant to explode, and Simmons' soul goes to hell. This sequence lasts about 20 seconds. He goes mm-hmm. to hell. Yep. Malboja shows up looking like some kind of rabbit with mange. You, I, do, I, would, I remember this being every hell shot was please, terrible. No, I would love for you to defend Malboja. I can't defend it. I got it. As a matter of fact, if it's been some time since you've seen my man Malboja. It's like it was like something out of like Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry was made for PlayStation One or N sixty four. I guess. <laughs> So this is Malboja in the comics. Kind of just looks like a big version he of the Violator. Better, he looks better there than in the movie. <laughs> well, he looks like he just looks like a big version of the of Violator's final form. If they would have been, if they would have did a, a a slideshow, I probably would have preferred a slideshow. Now that's Malboja in the movie. I mean, it was it was nice when what is that? When I was younger. What is that? That's some sort of like rabbit thing, right? Some kind of weird dog man. Skin skinned fire goat. Well, he has hair. They're a, not going anywhere, but he has beard. hair. Uh, one of the most notable things about Mr. Malboja, who, like I said, is basically like the sheriff of hell, um, is that his mouth doesn't move. But he's speaking complete sentences. He is. He's he's chatting away. He's like, Simmons, if you would like to go back to Earth, you can, um, you just have to lead my army. And he's like, deal. Like, right off the bat. Yeah, I'll go back. No questions. I'll go back right now. Nothing. He's all like, yeah, I'm with it. Wanda, he does a lot of Wanda. Wanda. He does a lot of that. Um, but yeah, if Simmons can become his uh, eternal servant, leader of his army in Armageddon, yeah, you can go back and see your wife. So he accepts the offer, but just like in the comics, Malboja is a mild bullshitting, and he uh, <laughs> and he f- basically uh, lets five years go by before he returns. He lets Al Simmons return to Earth. So Al Simmons returns to Earth, and he doesn't return in his normal form. He's returned scarred and burnt all over. How do you think those effects look? They're not, they're not I, bad. No, I thought that was one of that's one of the best parts of the movie. If somebody's gonna look scorched from head yeah. to toe, I think they got that down pat. Yeah. So um, he wakes up basically with no knowledge of where he's been. He doesn't remember that he was that he died. He hobo, remember. hobo, Al Simmons. He becomes hobo Al Simmons. He basically starts rocking. Um, yeah, the hobo coat. Everybody knows the hobo, hobo coat. Hobo coat with the mo- dope warm. attitude to match. Yep, and he got the hoodie. He's doing like his like he's doing like a, an electro impression when he first when he first gets <laughs> his powers. Uh, also, like very reminiscent of like Darkman. You ever seen Darkman? Mm. Yeah, he mm. has that kind of like look going for him. But he goes to go check up on Wanda. Finds out that Wanda is married to Terry. His old boy. And uh, Terry is the father of their child, Cyan. He's the daddy now. Now, here's my issue. How old do you think Cyan is in this film? Maybe like five, six. <laughs> <laughs> now, if she's five right. on the dot. Right, right. That means the day, the, the day that it, <laughs> Wanda was or called. Least, or at least the same week. <laughs> the week that Wanda was called and they say, hey, 
your fiance Al is dead. That's the week Terry swoops in, uh, gives Terry, I mean, gives Wanda the old Cagliostro, cag- hey, and hey girl. and Cyan is born. There is no time for grieving in this. My man Terry is ruthless. He was ruthless. Pl- he, I feel like he was plotting all along. Ruthless. Watch out for that guy. Waiting. Waiting. Um, yeah. Anyway, soon after, Simmons uh, encounters a clown-like demon named the Violator. We see Violator early on in the film talking to Jason Wynn, mm-hmm. basically urging him to destroy the world. Oh, speaking of earlier, we got like a whole story of exposition in the beginning of this film by Cogliostro. He is legit channeling any comic slash any beginning of a video game once a long time ago. The, the, the <laughs> things of hell. And to use his greatest army, the he, story must, of ancient he must do this and he must do that. Uh, one of my biggest problems with this film is that everybody talks like they talk in comic books. When I say that is everyone talks very expositionally they don't talk as if they're naturally in in uh in a scene it would be like if that door opened right and somebody came in and i was like oh hey stranger i'm glad you came in right in the middle of this podcast about spawn uh you know (laughs) or else caldas maximus and the don who are sitting here wouldn't be done doing their halloween edition of major issues like you didn't have to say all that but at every point when it's like and yes, now our biological weapon, the Heat 16, will be used to destroy, you know, this, that, and the Thank third. Thank you and for will... that information. Yeah, very, <laughs> ex- very expository. And there's ways to convey information in dialogue without it sounding like it's coming straight from a book. But for some reason, you know, good or bad or indifferent, this film chooses to go full comic book with everything. There's about a three to four minute credit sequence in the beginning of this film where you're just... You're looking at basically a Windows 98 screensaver of hell in a circle, mm-hmm. and then and you, you just see the names shaky, going in. Some shaky credits. Shaky credits. Some letters are spun, spun backwards and stuff. They were really digging themselves <laughs> with this, with this, with this, uh, with the special effects budget and the exposition. But anyway, the Violator is sent by Malboja um, and acts as Simmons' guide down the path of evil, um, and is basically the guy that's like, hey. Um, yeah, you did die. If you don't remember, you died. Not only did you die, you made a deal with Malboja. Not only did you die, you made a deal with Malboja. It's been five years. Yeah, it's been five (laughs) years. Uh, and it's about time for you to start doing what you said you were going to do for him, which is kill people for him to bring to hell. And also to lead his army when Armageddon comes. And Armageddon seems to be coming by way of Jason Wynn because unbeknownst to Jason Wynn, um, Violator is trying to push the creation of this bioweapon so that Armageddon could come and hell can come to Earth. But, um, Wynn becomes a weapons dealer and so Simmons finds out about, uh, his new weapon, Heat 16, that's supposed to be like, these are like smallpox and Ebola where child's play or chicken pox or something like that. And at one point, he tosses like a vial, I want to say it's a vial of it, to Jessica Priest. And she's all like, oh, wow, cool. And I'm like, that's Ebola and smallpox? Like, put on some gloves. Put on, like, some uh, safety goggles or something. But, yeah, anyway, that's, like, furthest from any of the problems of this film. But, anyway, uh, Cox, Cogliostro is still just being mysterious and glowing green whenever the camera looks at him. We want to let you know that something is up with him. But um, you have 
violator trying to push um, Spawn to kill Wynn. And when Simmons finds out that Wynn is now a weapons dealer and has this whole Heat 16, he goes to crash a uh, reception where Wynn is seemingly selling the weapon to anybody. Like, I I laughed. I was watching this with my roommate. The highest bidder. Yes, I laughed and I watched it with my roommate. And I go, you ever notice whenever they do like these weird, dark, black market arms deals, they just like to show that it's diverse by putting people in different hats. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, that's the Russian bad guy. And those are the, uh, uh, you know, Muslim bad guys. And that guy has a sombrero. So I guess he's the evil Mexican guy. So it's just that. You just see a bunch of people. It looks like the United Nations. He's just selling to, I guess, anyone. And uh, in the middle of the open, Spawn just shatters Crashes the glass the window. Ceiling, literally. I mean, not the window. Yeah. The, he does his best Batman impression. Comes crashing uh. down. Uh, complete with guns, bunch of weapons. Thought the shot looked pretty cool, and yeah, then that's when you see like cape, a, you see like the does, big, yeah. the first uh, shot of his flowing cape. Um, I would love for somebody to come in and redo the special effects. I think that, especially hell, especially, especially hell, especially Marboja, the cat, or whatever, whatever <laughs> animal that's supposed to be. Um, I I really think that um, it could be maybe some of it could be saved. Because when I first started watching this movie, I was hoping that this movie was going to be so bad that it was good. Like, it kind of got that it was right, bad. Right, right, I kind of feel like it takes itself too seriously. Like, it really believes. I think so, I think so too. Like, in the same um, sense I was talking about with the MySpace thing. Like, it really thinks it's it, cool. It's the it's, 16-year-old that thinks that the name, you know, getting ass 69 XOXO. It, it's, it's funny. It's, getting, it's, it's, it's funny edgy. because when, um, when I saw um, Thor Ragnarok, and yeah. I saw Satur. Yeah. That's who. That's you exactly thought of Malbuja? Yeah. That's exactly who I Satur thought of. Satur would like, cut Malbuja's head What could have been? <laughs> yes. I, and you, you, legitimately, legitimately, when you see stuff like that, or some of the stuff that they do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Ghost Rider. Right, right. You know, would, would, would be right up in line with, with a film like this. But yeah, uh, the first person Spawn kills is Jessica Priest. Just guns her down. Kicks her off a off a like a balcony. Mm-hmm. She's dead. Uh, kills a woman, so it lets you know that I mean, she, is, to, she isn't sexist. To, she tried to kick him in the, well, in the it, gonads, and first. she also did kill him. Yeah. Oh, oh you, so she you, thought. Yo, you you made me forget about that gonad shot. Yeah. She goes to kick him in the balls, and his belt Just bites belt. it. It like it like stops her and, and bites, and bites her, her ankle somehow. Um, and Spawn basically has to escape. And because of his armor being a symbiote, whoa! Because of his armor being a symbiote and his cape uh, also acting independently of itself, he's able to get away. You see him use uh, the chains. You see him use the cape to harden mm-hmm. around himself. At one point, the cape helps him become like a corner of a building. Yeah. So yeah, he is definitely um, using that thing for good use, and you end up. Finding out that Cagliostro was also a, a hell spawn. Because Cagliostro is like watching spawn from the side the whole time instead of straight up saying, Hey, by the way, I used to do what you do and I can train <laughs> you. He's just like in the in the cut a lot of the time. And so Yeah, he, he kinda lets him fall on his butt. He finally comes down and he's like, Bro, I fight for heaven. I can help you with this. Yada yada yada. Meanwhile, Violator is trying to be the devil on his shoulder, pull him to the dark side and say, Um, you know, you need to kill Simmons. 
But also, he go. I mean, you need to kill uh, Jason Wynn. He's also able to convince Jason Wynn to get a operation where he gets like this machine to put it like a pes- near his heart into his heart. Yeah, and so that as soon as his heart were to cease from beating, either from old age or from a su- uh, assassination attempt, that the Heat Sixteen bombs would all explode. So, uh, Wynn sees this as just a preventative measure. No one will kill him if they know right. that it would it would erupt all these bombs, right? But Violator's plan is to send Spawn to kill him, to then enact all the bombs, to then hell hell's on Earth, and then he could lead all the uh, Satan's it's army. Pretty, basically, it's pretty solid in a sense. It is pretty solid. It is pretty solid. Uh, I am not a fan, an adult fan of the Violator in this film. Um, you don't say. I, I can see how, as a kid, he's as a kid, he's the only thing you understand because right. all he's doing is kind of telling kids jokes. He's literally farting. He's literally eating garbage. At one point, he eats a pizza full of maggots. At one point, John Leguizamo legitimately ate that pizza full of maggots and then threw up after the fact. But um, he is very childish. He uh, is. He is. To many people, he's the saving grace, and he might actually be the saving a grace. A little bit. But it's kind of hard when the best part of this movie is also the worst part of this movie. The The reason why I say it's the worst part is it's not my kind of humor, but the reason why it's the best part is because he did go 110 miles an hour with it. Yeah. I he mean, he had he had it. spawn to bounce everything off of, so I thought that was pretty. I think that's why it's also pretty good. Yeah, at one point he like blows his head up and then blows it up as a yeah, balloon. Yeah, like balloon on his it's just, thumb. He's doing like <laughs> he's just doing like some of the stuff he does is kind of pretty. Fu- is okay. It's like just Jim Carrey wise, stuff. So, yeah. it's just Jim Carrey stuff or or Drop Dead Fred stuff that he's doing in the background. Um, for my Drop Dead Fred uh, fans out there, but yeah, he's he's trying to pull. He's trying to work on both things. Uh, so Spawn eventually confronts the Violator after the shortest training montage in history. I wish we got more of that. Bro, he was just like, just use your head. And he was like, okay. And then he's like, I'm going to throw this thing and use your spikes and chains. And he does it on the first try. And he's all like, good open and shut case, Mr. Simmons. You know, because you got to think because he, because he's a marksman, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, he, he figured it all out. Um, and I guess just in time, because he gets into a full-on battle with the Violator, who turns into the demonic form. Uh, Cogliostro is able to help him out and, you know, teach him a bit about about those powers there. But um, Al learns that the Violator and Winner are going to kill Terry, Cyan, and Wanda. Screw it, right? Let's burn this thing <laughs> at both, both ends. Um, when... When Al comes out of the room, when he comes into his house, his old house or whatever, or the new house that Wanda lives in, Wanda is tied to some kind of apparatus. And Wynn is all like, you better join Satan's army or I'll kill your ex-fiance. And I was all like, wait, I already joined Satan's army. What's all this about? <laughs> like, yeah, why? I'm, I'm finna lead this. Yeah, yeah, we already <laughs> did this part. What are, you, what are you doing? But it turns out that it's not um, Wanda. We'll get there to there in a second. Because he stabs her. Right. And uh, I was like, no, but he can't do anything to win because if he kills win, Heat That's 16 it, yeah. blows up. So uh, I don't think he also, did he know that at the time? I believe he knew that at the time because it was also kind of said to him, like, what do you care? Like, just, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah. Because uh, Wynn's trying to take the whole family hospice, even the kids and stuff. Right. So He's doing he, the most. Yes. So Spawn's about to kill him, realizes the whole thing about the, the device. 
uses his powers to pull the device That's out right. and destroy it. Necroplasm. I literally said, what? <laughs> out loud. Because I was like, oh, so it's like one of those powers. Like you can literally do anything. You could literally extract a piece of 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 electronic out of a, a, a human a living human man without killing him and then destroy it. Anyway, he's able to destroy it. Um but Violator sends Spawn and Cogliostro to hell and they double team uh uh Violator and then Malboja shows up and is all like He actually drags them into hell. Yeah. So Malboja's tight. Yeah, <laughs> this whole movie, he's like, "I got you. You were the greatest marksman, the greatest assassin." Because at various points, they act. He acts like, "Why me? Why me?" And it's like, "Bro, you killed a bunch of people on Earth. We saw that. It was kind of cool." Like half just the people in this sector of hell because of you. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, are we? And we're kind of just mulling over the whole like, he, he, they do the Rat City thing in this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he is like the savior of the home. There's this weird homeless area where people just eat rotten food. The one kid that's in everything, his name uh, escapes me. I believe I have it written down here somewhere. Uh, I guess I don't. But, um, oh, Michael Pop- Papa John. Papa John? Uh, the kid uh, is in everything. I think that's his name, Michael Papa John. But, uh, yeah, there's a scene where there's just homeless people eating homeless things. Uh, and the child doesn't want to eat it. And so he is... Oh, it's not Michael Papa John. It's uh, I think Michael Michael Hughes. I'm getting all my names wrong. This is live TV, people. Michael Hughes. Let me get some com- confirmation on that. Uh, I think that's him. Pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, because he was a kindergarten cop. He's the one that does the whole um vagina oh. and penis <laughs> thing. He does that whole thing. Uh. He was in everything, that little kid. And so he's here in this just to be friends with old Al Simmons, who also has the dog too. It's like Al Simmons, it's like homeless spawn, child, and dog. That's like, and Cogliostro. <laughs> and so he has his second family, um, something to defend, I guess. And so he's in this final battle of hell, uh, and spawn is able to decapitate the violator um, with his chains. And then um, necroplasm. No, he's able to do something. No, it's something I think else. He stabs he him. He does in the something neck. else. He does something else to Violator because then it's all like, okay, we're done here. And then he uh, disappears, and then Violator comes back through the wall. Cyan sees Violator and is all like, yes. no, Daddy. Uh, and, and then, then he goes, around, and yeah, grab he him. grabs him, and then he he goes to eat him. And then Spawn is able to do the whole spike, send all spikes over the body, all over his then, body. And they, I seemingly kill yeah. Violator or destroy Violator. So Malboja has a little uh, talking to Spawn. I don't know if you remember this part, but this part was damn near hilarious. Where Malboja's like, you failed me, yada, yada, yada. Be prepared to, t- to take on all of Hell's army for, like, not and they're all say, And they're all Spawn. They're all Spawn. <laughs> they're all doing, like, about four minutes, uh, four seconds of animation and backwards and forwards. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this weird stop motion animation. Terrible, still terrible. Think of the dog man. Think of all that. It was so bad. But anyway, um, he is like, yeah, you're gonna have to face the the demons of Spawn and hell. Yeah, yeah. Spawn just like green 
like the like there's like green chains come out of spawn and he just starts destroying every all of them. Necro all the hell <laughs> all the hell spawn. But he's all like they're, like, oh, they're gonna kill me? Well, I'll just kill them all first. And it's just it's just uh, Which makes sense because he kind of is the leader. Yeah. Um they arrest they arrest um they arrest Wynn. Violator's head comes off, and he tells, I think, Wanda, hey, you want a little head? So, there's that. Some necroplasm. <laughs> no, 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 none of that necroplasm. <laughs> none of that necroplasm. <laughs> um, uh, and it's fun, yeah, realizing that there's no place really for him in Wanda, and there's no place for him really in hell, decides he's going to hang out in the rat city with the homeless people, and uh, sometimes uh, do good things, and be on earth and have powers and stuff. And it just ends like in the most nineties way, like he's on top of a church. On top of it, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's about it with Spawn. Um I would watch it. I would recommend watching this to laugh at it. To joke on it. Yeah, I, there's certain things in, in there that's just it's just real. like when it's terrible it's it's, it's, oh, it's, it's very bad. much like I to tell you the truth, it's very much like um uh, Super Mario. I um my favorite things are are the the twenty second um training montage, which I wish we had. Even as a kid, I was I already knew like I wish I had more yeah, of the such training. A, such a <laughs> such a small, that was that was they could have did like so much with that. It was such a small part, but such a big moment. That every time he used his powers, yeah, and everything. I want to say that's the Viator. Uh, I, I mean, the director on this was a man named Alan, no, that's not that. It's Mark, Mark A.Z. Dippy, and this is his only theatrical release. Wow. So, I wonder what he did after that. I think he did, like, a bunch of, like, cartoon stuff and TV stuff. Hmm. Maybe? Uh, yeah, he's co-founder of the Animation Picture Company, so there is that. And he supposedly worked on some of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, but I don't know where that talent went because it, right. it was not. It, it was definitely not uh, displayed here. Some more fun facts, because you know that's what I'm about. Uh, we already talked about Chapel, right? Rob Liefeld removed the CEO, so they had to make uh, the killer of Spawn be Jessica Priest, mm. and that also carried over into the comics. After this, in 1997, they wanted to do two sequels, Spawn and Spawn the Ultimate Battle. What? Yeah, I don't know. They literally released, to be released in 98 and Live action? Yeah. Live action? To be released in 98 and 99, respectively, but none of them came, none of these came to fruition. And they've been saying that the sequel for Spawn has been in what they like to call development hell. But, like you said, Todd McFarlane, the script writer, has now completed a script for a reboot, and it will be out maybe next year. Wow. Fingers crossed. Uh wait, I see I see here. Yeah, yeah. Where? Yes, really? Yes. We'll get to that in a second. But okay. Columbia Pictures showed interest in making the film of Spawn when the comic book was launched in nineteen ninety two. But what happened was negotiations fell through because McFarlane wanted creative control. That man mm. has wanted creative control from the get. Yeah, this is at least a running man. this is at least a running uh thing. And he also created McFarlane toys. 
and he made tons right, right, of money right. I always off of McFarlane too. toys. These very lifelike action figures, which I guess sometimes not even action figures. They were just used for display sometimes. And a lot of those toys were centered around Spawn. So um, he's always wanted the creative control. Uh, he eventually sold the film rights to New Line Cinema for $1 Ooh. in exchange for complete creative input and merchandising rights. Mm, that's not, that's not mean, bad. That's not bad at all. But this could have been a much different movie, Cloudus Maximus, because supposedly the original now, choice man. to direct this film was a man called Tim Burton. Isn't that absolutely bonkers? That is bonkers? interesting AF. Absolutely bonkers. I love Tim Burton and... Tim Burton had made the 1989 Batman film. Tim Burton was also supposed to direct the uh, early 2000s, 1999 Superman film. So Tim Burton was having a rough end of the I 90s because li- yeah. <laughs> people were thinking about him and not letting him do anything. I said that uh, John Leguizamo ate a bunch of live worms that he then vomited after uh, taking that take with the pizza. But one of the other things about John Leguizamo in this film is supposedly that suit was very hard to get off, and uh, at one point he ended up relieving himself in the suit because it takes so long to get on and off. Mm. Um, Michael Jai White, Jay White, it was tremendous uh, in this film, like I said, or as good as he can be. Yeah, I think some of the yelling the... into the, some of the yelling into the what the no or some of that, <laughs> some of that's a little bit whatever. But uh, the real shame is that we didn't get to see him do more martial arts in this, and that's probably yeah, because man. of the prosthetics of that suit. That was yeah, back when like things he was, was still rubber. There, yeah, yeah. That was back when it was still rubber and like one part. So they probably had to sew, like, like staple you in it. Then they had to destroy it and then make another one. Wow. When you, you know, that is it, a pain. It was probably one of those situations there. But um, yeah, man, this movie existed and it and it's still out there. I think it's on Netflix right now. If you wanted to see it, yes. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what what the reboot is going to be because you know you're still giving it a thumbs up. I'm still going to give it a thumbs up. And just off of um, nostalgia alone. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. So that will keep us right there oh, even. We're even. We're, we're, just like, we're just like Spawn. We're mm. not in hell and we're not in the heaven. We're, this movie deserves just like Spawn <laughs> to, to, to ride the middle rail uh, as it deserves to do. It's not so bad that it's good. And it's not a good movie with bad parts. It just is a movie. Just It's just there. But... Uh, let us know how you feel because, I mean, come on. It's not just our opinions out there in the world. The click is out there. Let us know how you guys feel and if you thought that Spawn aged well or not. Uh, I thought it would be cool to end this podcast in the most Halloween way possible. This is Halloween. I love that movie. By discussing, and he, directed by Tim Burton, uh, and, uh, by discussing some of the scary slash spooky slash haunting characters in comic book history i asked you before this uh show to jot down some of who you thought were some of the scary uh characters in comic book history but i'll give you some right off the bat that we could talk about i know some that use um well one of the most modern the nightmare batman who came from the dark knight metal Mm -hmm. uh series of books uh, especially the Batman who laughs, whose uh, crazy Joker smile is out there. But literally, all of them are nightmare fuel. A lot of that, a lot of what went on in Dark Knight's Metal is nightmare fuel. Uh, so I think those guys definitely should be nominated for some of the scariest uh, characters in comic book history. What do you got over there? 
Um, you want all of them or? Nah, let's go. Let's go. I'll do a couple because I think I have a bunch. So um, I have, in no particular order either. I have um, Scarecrow. Scarecrow and Scarecrow's also, besides being scary, uses fear mm-hmm. to his um to his advantage, which I mean you could kind of sort of say about Sinestro. So then you could kind of put somebody like Parallax on the list, you know, Parallax, especially like how Jordan scary Parallax with the with the with the teeth and the white hair and stuff like that. Some scary, scary stuff. But Scarecrow actually started becoming scary for me with uh, the Arkham games when they redesigned that's, them. That's and had funny the, because had that's, the, how the I, nails, that's how I, yeah, yeah. The Freddy Krueger-esque yeah. Scarecrow, I thought was uh, really, really scary. Um, <laughs> Dead Man. DC's Dead Man, a living ghost who embodies other people while he is a hero. That whole concept is scary that you're just a ghost uh, you know, doomed to go from body to body, uh, and kind of live your life that way. But he also kind of reminds me of Justice League Dark, which also reminds me of Etrigan the Demon, uh, who likes to talk in rhymes and riddles. Jason Blood, uh, is the character's name, and he sometimes subconsciously turns into Etrigan, the, the rhyming demon of hell, with a flaming sword. So, uh, is that very Raven's dad? Now that's Trigon, ah, that is, who also that is, should yes, be on yes. this list because of his, all his eyes and antlers, and he's basically the devil of DC. And if we're gonna talk about devils, and we're gonna talk about DC, what about my man Mephisto? Ooh, my man Mephisto should be on this list. Kind of looks like a vampire esque yes. demon man. I know you have somebody who uh, who controls a bit of the dark dimension. <laughs> I have a Dormammu. Dormammu, or how Kevin Smith says Dormammu. Terrible, right? Uh, yeah, flaming head that yes. might do it. So I guess you could put uh, Ghost Rider on the list as well. Uh, flaming heads, atomic skull has a, has a skull for for a head too. So you can put those there. Um, couple more I want to throw out there just for like when you talk about like just creepy critters or creatures, mm-hmm. the Brood from mm-hmm. X Men, those big roach like aliens that basically look like the xenomorphs in Alien. Uh, man bat. Ooh, man bat indeed. Right, man bat. Well, if you're gonna say man bat, how about my man Morbius, the living vampire? That's as Halloween as it gets. Killer Croc, but more when he's like more crockish, <laughs> more crockish than man. Uh, who you got on your side over there? Um, I have, I have both. I have both two goblins, the hobgoblin and green goblin. Ah, I have goblins in here. And I'm going to add to mm. the Demi-Goblin, which looks downright uh, crazy as hell. I can't remember the actual story behind the Demi-Goblin, but I know that this is a face that you will not forget. There. Look at that guy. Basically riding a flaming glider. Flaming, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Red Goblin, which was Carnage on Green Goblin. Out of this world and crazy. (laughs) Uh, So if you're gonna go goblins, I'm gonna go symbiotes. Mm. Let's talk venom. Let's talk carnage. Let's talk toxin. That's funny because I have carnage on my list too. Bro, the teeth, the mouth. Carnage is is you know definitively the scarier one because of Cletus Cassidy, yes, yes. who was a serial Serial killer. killer. Um, speaking of serial killers, Victor Zaz, the Mm. man keeping tally marks on his body for the amount of people that he kills from the Batman universe. Uh, Known serial killer who literally has the body count all over his body. All over his body. 
a newer Batman villain, Professor Pig, mm. wears a pig mask that operates on people's faces and 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 sings opera and thinks that he's like refined, but he's really just this this twisted. Uh, oh, he's refined, like, all right. He's like a weird <laughs> twisted plastic surgeon, I guess you would say. Uh, you got any over on your side? Um, I have Two Face. Two Face. I don't even really think of Two Face as a horrifying villain, but I mean, how do you look I, at that face and the not way the get way I approached it? it was like, who really scared me as when I was a little kid? If you turned the you corner, I mean? <laughs> if you turned the corner in an alley, it's like, oh, <laughs> hey, Harvey, oh, Harvey, yeah. oh my God, exactly, That's not Harvey. <laughs> which 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 do you think is scarier? Um, comic slash animated Two Face with the discolored side of the face, or uh, Dark Knight Two Face with the burned side of the face? Mm, uh, animated. 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 Yeah. You just think that the, the idea that your skin would turn, yeah, that color, and your eye would be bulging out. To see out. him turn, yeah, and to see him turn. Um, which McCall? Um, Batman, Dark Knight. Was it Dark Knight that he was in? The Dark Knight, so, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. I really like how they did that too. Yeah, that kind of scared me when, when he was drinking. Throat, yeah, when he was drinking stuff, and you could see it down his throat. Yep. Uh, I will see your Two Face, and I will raise you a Mister Sinister, Ooh. who I don't okay. have a bunch of history with, but I remember always looking at that character like that guy's evil. <laughs> he, had that, like, <laughs> he had like black lipstick, fangs, uh, mascara, uh, the the most flat top hair I've ever seen. And that just spider-like cape mm-hmm. that just was like strands of, of a cape. It wasn't like really one piece of cloth. Uh, I thought um, he was incredibly sinister. <laughs> I also throw in there Man-Thing, who legitimately, if you see him and you have fear, you will catch fire. Okay. Wow. Yes. Did not know that. And then Swamp Thing from DC, specifically from the Anatomy Lesson series of books, which is early in the Swamp Thing uh, run because it's almost written like a horror story. It's written like a horror movie. Um, Swamp Thing just being this creature, almost like Jason, who goes from being dead to completely, uh, you know, the green. back, yeah, back into one, and then does murder somebody. So very, very cool there. You kept throwing guys like Grundy, also, you know, um, dead come to life. And let's not forget the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. A uh, series of comics. This uh, is true. All, all, all said walkers. Yeah, all <laughs> the walkers in The Walking Dead. Uh, basically, zombies that have overtaken the Earth. And Walking Dead, uh, published by, do you know? I do not. Image Comics. Hmm. Yeah, so Image keeping their finger on the trigger because you know that is making a ton of money. I think I have run out. Do you have any uh, any more scary, spooky? I'm trying to think like off the cuff. Off the cup. Hmm. Ooh, Grodd is pretty damn scary. I mean, <laughs> a huge telepathic gorilla. You know, I, I try to stay away from going too much of the Batman stuff because Batman yeah, has yeah, a yeah. bunch of scary villains. Um, but, I mean, we got to say it, right? Yeah, you do. The Joker. The Joker. The Joker. The man who cut off his own face. The guy who uh, threw... I, I think it's a, a, a Commissioner Gordon, or it's, it's related to somebody from Commissioner Gordon, throws a baby at a woman, and once the woman catches it, shoots her. <sighs> um, you know, a man who, on the, the movie screens, uh, tries to cut off the sides of people's faces. Uh, just a sick, deranged individual who seems to be getting scarier as as the decades 
roll by. They, it's uh, funny because you're saying Sp- you're saying Batman, and I'm trying to steer away from the Spider-Man stuff. Oh, oh, his half, all his half uh, animal, all his half animal, half uh, you know. That's funny. Half human uh, people, but yeah, Joker. You gotta put Joker on the list. Um, he is the inspiration for the Batman who laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, and just he is what people think of when they think of like scary comic book villains because. The idea that he doesn't even have an origin, uh, you know, de facto origin, lends to the fact that he is just this being, this essence, this uh, s- just scary force that exists in DC's universe. But if you guys know any other spooky characters or scary characters, uh, you could let us know. Send us an email uh, on Twitter. Send us an email on Twitter. Yeah, try that. Uh, send us an email <laughs> in general. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Um and you can hear your opinions read right here on part of the Major Issues podcast. And we'd like to take this time to thank all of you guys who have liked, shared, and subscribed to Major Issues podcast. And if you don't know how to do any of those things, or this is your very first episode of Major Issues, just you can find Major Issues podcast wherever podcasts are found at Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Attic, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, wherever podcasts are You'll find the Major Issues Podcast. If you have a iPhone, you can just use the podcast app that's available on every single iPhone pre-installed. And you can just search up Major Issues. And if you have a regular phone, you can just go to Google, type in Major Issues Podcast. And the very first podcast, oh, very first link, will be us. We're right there, baby. We've made it. We're Googleable. Googleable. Yeah, so keep liking, sharing, and subscribing. If you could do us a favor, if you want to put some candy in our bags for this Halloween season, uh, send us a review. I mean, if if I can have, if I can choose, I'd let it be five star. But let us know how we're doing here as podcasters. It's the quickest way for us to uh, self correct. And you know, this is our first time doing this uh, run of movies and and delving into the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know where we can improve or let us know if we have improved by leaving a review on iTunes. And if we get good reviews on iTunes, other people will find us because they will know that this is the place to be as part of the click and as part of Major Issues. And as I just previously said, the Major Issues podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click. And you can find all things Comic Book Click at Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click. Or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Chat up with me at Major Issues CBC on the Twitter machine. Uh, various other members are on Twitter. You can find us all through there. Uh, we're we're getting some new staff for our social media, so we want to make sure we have people available around clock for your questions, comments, and concerns. And sometimes, if you've just seen an episode of a CW show and you want to chat about it, hit us up. Just read a comic that made your stomach turn? Hit us up. We are here. We're trying to be more engaging to our fan base. But thank you so much for those who have been writing in and have been leaving their comments and have been. Our numbers are growing. I've been to the future, so I know we get even bigger. But it's all thanks to you guys. It's all thanks to the click. Woo. I think that's a good place to leave this off. Necroplasm. Necroplasm. Exactly. <laughs> but my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am your cloud is Maximus, and this is Halloween. <laughs> yes, this is Halloween, and this, is, <laughs> uh, this has been our Spawn from 1997. Full recap and review. But, guys... Remember, 
whether or not you celebrate Halloween, whether you're one of those people that likes to put pennies in people's in people's uh, trick or treat bags, pennies. that's not that's not good. Whether you still think people are putting razor blades in your apples, Jesus Christ, that doesn't that doesn't happen, people. Whether your soul has been dragged down by some weird dog-looking demon named Malboja. <laughs> or whether you're one of the very, very few, 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 and I can't understate this enough, few people who still like this movie. That's me. <laughs> like Cloudus Maximus. Remember that we are the clique, and you, yes, you, are worthy.